following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. All right, bring it in. It's time for another edition of Green Over Everything podcast. It's your boy Brown holding you down here talking Eagles alongside my partner from Tom. From totalsportslive.com, Javon Offer, welcome back to the show, my friend. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Glad to see your face, man. I usually have you on the phone, but I got you in the studio with me this week. Yes. All right, I got a question for you. All right, we are coming off of a very impressive Eagles win over the Jets. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, the defense really showed out. They, sh- they, they came to play. Ten sacks total in that game. Brandon Graham, I had, I believe, had three sacks uh-huh. in that game. I have a question that I've been asking people all week, and I want your opinion of this. Where do you rank Brandon Graham all time? Oh, uh, oh uh, in fact, you know, let me let me preface, let me let me change that. Not all time NFL, uh-huh. but where do you rank him all time in Eagles defensive players? Where do you rank Brandon Graham? He's been here now ten seasons. Right. I think it's now time where. It's fair enough to ask, where do you put a guy, you know, all time? All right. So, if you're thinking number one is obviously Reggie White, number yep. one, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, you probably got to say Ben Eric. Ben Eric, okay. Right? Three, you got to say Dawkins. Okay. Dawkins, three. So, your one, two, three, literally, your yeah, one, two, three, one, can, two be inter- can be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Like, depending yeah. on how you feel on the day. you like, I like a hard hitting safety for that one. Like, mm-hmm. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, that's hard because okay. you know, you know, you got other names. You got Trot. You got yeah. You got Trot. You, know, you got uh, Seth. You got, yeah, uh, you got Jerome. Eric, you got Eric, Eric Allen. Allen. You know, they're 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 all, but but none, nonetheless, I think I think the top three are are etched in stone. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Chuck. You got Doc. You got Reggie. Right. Uh, we're 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 not even going to begin. We're not even going to try to put BG up there with them. No. But like you said. Four through ten is wide open. Where are you putting him then at that point? All right. So if you want to go those three, maybe four, four, hypothetically four, you can pay. You can probably go, you know, trot maybe four. Okay. Um, Eric Allen five, mm-hmm. Joiner six maybe. Okay. So I think Brandon Graham is like literally that bottom half of that mm-hmm. six through ten. Like, okay. Is Fletcher Cox already up there? Do you put Fletcher Cox top ten Eagles defense of all time? I think you have to be. I you mean, have to be. No, I mean, and, and, and because I'm not, they yeah. haven't had a dominant, you know, it's, you can't really name a dominant defensive tackle that the Eagles have had. had. Yeah. You know, we no, think more least. of like ends linebackers, Jer- Jerome, yeah, Jerome, Jerome, yeah. Mm-hmm. But outside of Jerome, like who else can Who's you really, next? okay, really name? So I think and you put Jerome top ten, right? Yeah, without question. No, without question. Okay. Do you put? Would you put? Would you put? BG ahead of Clyde, Clyde Simmons. See, you, you. This is totally not in my age group right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, but but at least I can admit that. I'm, no, no, I'm, the, you, you, I admit where I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, no, I, 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 I guess I defer to the elders. I I will say this because, of course, you're you know we all know the the, the re, everyone has recency bias. Right. Everyone thinks that their generation is, is the best, the best, right, and. Now that we're probably – now that Brandon Graham probably has more 
years behind him than he does in front of him. And I'm not saying that like he's going to retire. Like, like, like I'm not trying to play him out like he's a fossil now either. No, but he's getting up there but in he's, age he's where getting, mm-hmm. he, guys that are defensive end start to become – Start to instead of becoming full time guys, they start to become more of like specialists. They yeah. become like the Chris Longs and mm-hmm. you know things of that line. And un- unfortunately, we're in an age now, and the NFL has been that type of entity where team where even the star players don't always finish with the team they started with. Correct. So, un- unfortunately, we're at a point where it seems like almost any year could be his last year with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, you know, and, and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to think that far ahead no. or, or you know, push him out the door in any way, Mm-mm. in any way. No. But now, you know, you see a game like this and, you know, now where he's, he's made big plays mm-hmm. game after game, year after year, after year, had that, you know, the big play in the Super Bowl, you know, it's just uh, all, always been there and now it's like you want to take a you know you want a retrospect of where he is Mm -hmm. and i want to know like like where would you put him like so how about this let's uh let's cut the field in half okay all right your your i guess your familiar your familiarity with the eagles you know we'll 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 say we'll start with the andy reader Correct. Okay. So, how about this? Where do you put Where do you put Brandon Graham, Eagles defensive players of the last twenty years? Last twenty years. Well, we talking about last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Then Doc obviously becomes because he goes number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, gotta say, gotta say Trotter, right? Number two, you gotta say Trotter. Okay. Three. I'm trying to think who. Uh, say three. Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Top so t- right now, top three Eagles defensive players of the last twenty years. You got Trot. You, excuse me. You got Dalt. You got Trot. You got Fletcher. Right. Or you put Trent Cole. Ooh, see, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Do you put Brandon Graham ahead of Trent Cole? Ah, uh, I don't. Okay. I don't because Trent Cole was a fifth round pick. Mm. And Brandon Graham was the first round pick. He okay. was the guy that was, you know, that okay. had the mm. had the pedigree, had a pedigree okay. coming out mm. of Michigan, whatever, whatever. Trent Cole, on the other hand, he was, you know, like I said, late round pick. So for the production that you got on him, as long as career lasted, mm. you could. I mean, you could put him in front of Graham, but then again. When you think of moments, Graham has had moments over the years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a guy that Eagles fans weren't really, you know, high on when he got drafted because, like, oh, my God, Earl Thomas. Uh, yeah. da, da. Mm-hmm. Now him and Earl Thomas got the same amount of Super Bowl rings. Yep. Just, uh, just yeah, about yeah, yeah. Same amount of Super Bowl rings and Brandon Graham still with the team that drafted exact, him. Exactly. So I think you can go Graham four in the last 20 years, Graham four, Cole five. I okay. think that's solid. All right, do, you put, do you put Brandon Graham ahead of Connor Barwin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You put Connor. Bar- where Where is Connor Barwin sitting on your all time? Uh, or I shouldn't even say all time. We're talking last twenty years. Last twenty years. So you got Dawkins one. You mm-hmm. got Trotter two. You got Cox three. You got Graham four. You got Cole five. five. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you put Barwin up there because then we can talk about you know the defensive backs. You know mm-hmm. where are we putting where are we putting Asante Malcolm. where are we putting Malcolm, Malcolm at Malcolm you know, Jenkins where are we putting Asante, Asante Samuel Samuels. at okay. you know where are we putting you know Sheldon Brown at mm-hmm. Lido. You know you know what that could that that could be that's an interesting discussion because that that secondary was actually oh yeah was pretty good and I mean that was and that's just good drafting I mean Sheldon Lido and even Michael Lewis to a certain extent even though he wasn't the greatest of mm-hmm. safeties but yeah. to pair that around Dawkins that was a mm-hmm. not bad you know not bad draft class ah mm-hmm. <sighs> sheesh um alright well this is this is our top five for right now right top five is Dawk mm-hmm. Trot Fletch, mm-hmm. BG, yep. Trent Cole. Correct. Sheldon Brown, number six. Malcolm Jenkins, number six. Malcolm. Malcolm, number six. Yeah. Okay. And this is how and, and this is how it works out. We're just real technical stuff right now. I got a, <laughs> I have a pad and I have some uh, a, a pen, a pen and a pad right here, and I'm writing this out. That's how you gotta do it. That's how you gotta do it. All right. So right now, Dalt, Trot, Fletch, BG, Cole, Malcolm, Shelton Brown. Yeah, you put Sheldon on there. Okay. So we at seven. We are seven. Now, now we're at number eight. Number eight. All right. So now we're thinking. This is where we're thinking. What the Connor Bar wins the. Um. We're thinking about the Barwins, the Litos, mm-hmm. the Sante Samuels. I think Sante got to be eight. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, okay. Sante? Yeah, because there hasn't been really no good corners. Mm-hmm. He was like one of their better ones. <sighs> Barwin's got to be either nine or ten. Nine he's or got, ten. He's got to okay. be. We'll put Barwin ten. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We still need a number nine, though. We got a Sante at eight, Barwin ten. Would that be Lito? That's crazy. We only got like what one linebacker on there. Mm-hmm. Well, who else would you put? I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. They haven't had no really. I mean, you can't put you can't put Jordan Hicks there. You no. can't put a D'Amico Ryan's there. No. Um. I don't think there really. I don't think there is nobody else at backer really. Wouldn't be Mark Simino. Nah. No. No. Even though he kicked, even though he Chris came Gokong. In, Chris Gokong. <laughs> Stuart Bradley. Feel bad for Stewart. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's that's, yeah. that's it. There's that's your top ten of the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah. But BG yeah. is top. But BG oh, is yeah. top five. Yeah, it's got top be. five of the last twenty years. Got to be top ten all time. Yeah. Okay. Got to be. Okay. That's what that's that's what I'm talking about. That's that's all right. Let's shift. Let's shift gears. And let's talk. Uh, let's shift gears and let's talk this weekend's game. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings in town. Yep. Well, we're going to Minnesota. Well, Eagles yeah, are yeah. going to Minnesota. Yeah. We're, we're look. That's our town. We t- we took that <laughs> town over a couple years ago. We never gave it back to them. It, it, it's just consider consider that you know. There's. I'll put it this way. Yes, there is a Northwest Philadelphia, but you don't hear people call it Northwest Philadelphia no, very often. It's broken down into different yeah, subsections. Different, yeah. No one ever, but no one ever called Minnesota 
is Northwest Philadelphia. About that, that's that that's the true that Northwest. Works, works, don't don't, don't don't talk about East Falls. Don't talk about anything else. Northwest Philadelphia is Minnesota. That works. All right, what are you looking forward to in this game? What do you what do the Eagles need to do to come out of Minnesota with the win? Um, first and foremost, I think they got to find a way to uh, slow down Dalvin Cook. I think you know Dalvin Cook is second leading rusher in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Five hundred forty two yards, a career high for him. Has career high in touchdowns right now with five. Um, throughout literally out of the four out of five games, he's held, you know, out of the four out of the last five games, uh, this season for the Vikings, he's rushed over for, he's rushed over a hundred yards, which is just impressive. The only time he's been held under a hundred and at least under 50 yards is against the, uh, Chicago bears back in week four, another stingy, uh, run defense. Nicky was held to like 35 yards on 14 carries and, and, the, and he still had a touchdown, but that's the only point for the game. And they, you know, you slow down, you shut down Dalvin Cook, it makes you, you know, have to force Kirk Cousins to beat you. So I think that's going to be a key. Can the Eagles impose their will on Dalvin Cook? And we know, we saw what the Eagles have done this season against opposing, you know, team star running backs. You know, they're, they've given up only 63 yards per game on the ground. Crazy stat when I was just looking this up, researching this stuff up, you know, over the last few days, you know. Out of the out of every team opposing, you know, starting running back, they have held each running back to under fifty yards. Mm. Like that's Aaron Jones had twenty one yards right against them. Yes, twenty one yards. And Le'Veon had you know forty three, forty three, which isn't. And then they held uh, Devontae Freeman. I think the, they held Darius guys to like eighteen. Mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman to like twenty two. And Carryon Johnson thirty six on twenty carries. So my question to you is. Where do you where you see what they've done against Le'Veon Bell against Aaron Jones? Right. Where do you put Dalvin Cook? Do you think Dalvin Cook's a better running back than both of those guys? Dalvin Cook is right behind Le'Veon. Okay. But he's better than Aaron Jones. But I still think he's going to he's 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 going to pose a problem. There's a reason why he's having you know a career year. So I think they got to shut down the run. Um, I think they also got to you know they got to force Kirk Cousins to beat them. You know, even though Cousins over his career. It's like five and three against the Eagles in eight games, and he's you know has he's like had his success. He's yeah, he's had his success. success. He's had I think like seventeen touchdowns, only five interceptions. So mm-hmm. he lit him up, but you yep. know they they beat him last year, mm-hmm. and literally around the same time last year, beat him twenty three to twenty mm-hmm. uh, twenty one. Had like over three hundred passing yards, and you know that's when Thielen and Diggs are going off. But this is entirely indifferent, yep. entirely different Minnesota Vikings offense, where it's more run based uh, philosophy. So I think like you know. You got to get in his face, you know. Don't make, don't let last week's performance against the Jets of 10 sacks be a fluke. Like, mm-hmm. continue to get that pressure. You know, you don't got to bring the house all the time, which I thought that was good to see where, you know, Jim Swartz wasn't bringing, like, yeah, seven, eight guys. Well, that's never been his thing. You know, no. he's always going to – I mean, if, if Jim – if the Eagles can get pressure with four, right. they're – which they can, yeah. which they can. Even if, even if, even if the occasional five, you can get occasional five with Nathan with Nate Gary, who's really stepped up mm-hmm. at the linebacker spot. You know this season. I mean, then you know they can do that. Force Kirk Cousins to beat you, and then last but not least, I think you know they just have to you know get off to a good start. Um, and they've done that over the last three games. Last three games, they've you know averaged eight first quarter points per game, which is top ten mm-hmm. in the league. And right now they're at up to four point three, which is a huge you know improvement yeah. from beginning the season and I think I saw a stat that Ron Jaworski said um that you know in the first quarter the Vikings you know they're giving up 
you know, the Vikings are the 26, 22nd ranked pass defense in the first quarter, which means you can get something. You, you can get some gains. You can get some gains on them. The only issue is, as Jaworski pointed out, Wentz is like 32nd. And quarterbacks look up the first quarter. So that that but that but I think part of that also comes down to a philosophy and that the Eagles are becoming a more, you know, run dominant team. That being said though, I think they have to do better on converting on third downs in the first quarter, which is gonna be key because that was the issue against the Jets. They didn't they started off good. They on started third off down. well and then after the first quarter and it was it was funny because all season the story on the Eagles have been their slow starts. Right. They were able to get some points on the board mm-hmm. in the first quarter of this of the game against the Jets. Right. And then they kind of slowed down. They exactly. were still able to score points. Still, I mean, still, they walk away with 31 points. Right, which is know. impressive. But, 31 but point, the crazy part is, like, you wouldn't even guess that they won because people were, like, mm-hmm. beating up on the offense. And I'm just like, we can't beat up on the offense because this was the same offense that just bailed out the defense the mm-hmm. week prior against yeah. Green Bay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, is it too early to ask you for a prediction? No, it's not too no. early to ask you for a prediction. I want a prediction. I'll throw you off this show if you can't give me a prediction. No, I'm just joking. Um, prediction, think the Eagles win. Okay, give me a score. Score. Um, hmm, score. Score. Um... I think Eagles win, I'll say, 27 to 24. For some reason, it's going to remind me of the Packers game in that, you know, they're going both, again, both teams, they're going against stout defenses. Both teams have, you know, solid secondaries. I think the Vikings defense is like top 10 and both stopping the run and pass yards allowed. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. So I think, you know, it's going to, but hopefully unlike that game, I don't think they're going to get down that hole where, you know, they had to come back and score 21 unanswered, which is fine too. But I think it's going to be one of those tight games. And I think whoever, if the Eagles can slow down Dalvin cook and continue to feed Jordan Howard, like they should be doing, they'll be okay. All right. I will give my prediction later on in the show, but just want to give a shout out. I just want to say thank you to my man, Javon Offer from Total Sports Live. Just remember, you can find him all the time. TotalSportsLive.com. Follow Total Sports Live on Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram too, right? Just Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. No Instagram. It doesn't, it, doesn't work for, it doesn't work for a lot of outlets, as you see. It's kind of like... Yeah. Understood. All right, look, Facebook and Twitter, Total Sports Live. Follow them today. Follow them right now. Stop what you're doing. Well, don't stop listening, but you know, just take your phone and follow. Jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter, and follow Total Sports Live. Javon, thank you, my friend. Hey, no problem. All right, you feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com/slash/bitwsports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com.
My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. All right, we are back on the Green Over Everything podcast. My name is Brown. I want to send a shout out to Javon Alford from Total Sports Live, who was with me in the last segment. Always check him out on totalsportslive.com. But we must move on. So let me bring in my partner in crime from offense, defense, and discourse, Mr. Mike Jones. What's going on, my friend? Oh, man, I am good. It's a beautiful day. It's the weekend. The Eagles are about to beat the Vikings on Sunday. So I'm feeling good. Oh, so you're feeling pretty confident about this game on Sunday, are you? Yeah, I, I feel – I have no faith in Kirk Cousins. Okay. All right, we will. Uh, I want you to hold that thought. We're going to get into your thoughts on Sunday's game in a second. But first, I want to get your opinion on what we've been talking about earlier in the show. Brandon Graham had a monster of a game against the Jets last week, so it got me to. He got me to thinking. You know, Brandon Graham's been here for ten years. Probably has more time behind him in Eagles Green than he does in front of him. Although I'm not trying to push him out the door. At, you know, at all. I, I, I'm still old. It's funny. It's funny that you say that though, because I, someone said something similar to me about four or five days ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, Brandon Graham's been in the league 10 years. Yeah. It really didn't sink in that he's been playing for the Eagles for that long. It's, if you'd have told me he had been playing six, seven years, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. But Brandon Graham has been the Philadelphia Eagles since, what, 2009, 2010 season? Yes. So he is actually a long-term Eagle. Mm-hmm. So given that, given his tenure with the team, that then brings my question. That brings me to this question. Where do you rank him? Where do you see Brandon Graham amongst all-time Eagles? Now now you're talking 10 years in Eagle Green. Hasn't played for another organization. Drafted by the team. Where do you rank Brandon Graham amongst all-time Eagles? All-time Eagles or all-time Eagle defense? Uh, you know what? Yeah, let me, let me uh, specify that. All-time Eagles defensemen. All-time Eagles defensive players. All right. Well, if you go all time, you gotta you gotta think about guys like Chuck Bednarik, mm-hmm. and Reggie White, Seth Joyner, Clyde mm-hmm. Simmons. Now, earlier today, when we were when I was talking to Javon, you know, we kind of agreed that if you're talking all time, top three: Reggie, Bednarik, and Dawkins. Those are the three that are untouchable. That's the top tier. So I'm not. That, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not going there with this. You know, I'm. I'm not talking. Although, let, let me say this quickly, just, just, just to have a little fun. Okay. If you're talking top three, mm-hmm. at, at this point, Fletcher Cox, with his impact on it, on what he does for a total defense, he has a strong argument. You a strong, a strong argument for for top, three. for top three, okay? 
I'm not saying who you leave out or who is better than. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying any of that. But if you look at Fletcher Cox and his tenure with the Eagles, his impact on the defense has been overwhelming. Yeah, yes, agree. And he has a strong argument for top three. He won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So back to Brandon Graham. I'm, you know, of course I'm not putting – I wouldn't even I wouldn't put him ahead of Fletcher Cox, of course, and I think I wouldn't put him in top three because to me, top once again, top three is no. you know solid. Brandon Graham's not top three. Would you? We, we, putting, with, with the three you named and Fletcher Cox, you've ex- you pretty much excluded the top four. That's your top four in my opinion. Okay. Would you put him top ten? Would you put Brandon Graham top 10 Eagles defensive players of all time? So we've got the four we just named. Mm-hmm. You've got. I'm, hmm. I'm saying top yeah. 10, you're talking yeah. Seth. Talking. Seth Joyner. Talking Jerome. Jerome Brown. Talking Trot. Jeremiah Trotter, the axe man, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do we do we have any corners in there? Um, Eric Allen, maybe. That's, uh, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Maybe I, may, I, I wanted to hear you, you know, the name. Of Shel- you know, I'm, I'm thinking Allen, Shelton Brown, uh, Lito Shepard, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vince. One, you know, I mean, right now I'm just throwing out names. I'm not putting them. D- there are a few, but there are a few names you can throw out there because mm-hmm. Andy Reid is a guy who's known for offense. But he's had some good defense and good defensive players throughout that whole tenure. Exactly, their game plan, specifically through the Jim Johnson years, was if the, if we can score seventeen points in a game, we'll win because our defense is not going to give up more than seventeen. Agreed. So that was that was essentially the magic number for Philly. Mm-hmm. Score eight. Score more than 17, and you'll win. Mm-hmm. And that was based on defenses and a lot of great defensive performances for multiple players. Mm-hmm. Some guys overachieving because of the system and talent that was around them, and other guys because they were just great talent. Trent Cole was a monster rushing off the edge. Where He's a you? guy who mm-hmm. might not necessarily get the respect he deserves, but his years in Philly, Trent Cole was an edge rusher was one of the best in the league. So. Javon yeah. Curse, the freak, he had good years. He had good too. years. I think so. sometimes I feel like maybe people people believe that Javon Curse underachieved here. And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. You know, he didn't have. He wasn't. Compared, the, to, what, compared to what he was in Tennessee. Compared to what he did in Tennessee, yeah, he underachieved. But he was still in Philly a, a top-tier defensive player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the same as what he did in Tennessee. Okay. So, what, which, so back, which is what, in my mind, separates a guy like Julius Pepper from a guy like Javon Curry. What We're do you mean? About two great, two great defensive players. But Peppers was great no matter what team, what system you put him in. He okay. was just a monster. Understood. Javon Curry was good no matter where you put him. But he wasn't necessarily a monster in every system. Agreed. Agreed. I hear what you're saying. All right, so back to Brandon Graham. So top ten all top ten all time? 
Top 20 all-time for top, sure. Top 20 all-time. You're not sure you'd put Brandon Graham in your top 10 all-time uh, defensive players? I'm not sure. Okay. It, that would really take some time. We'd have to sit down and look at the paper, put the list together. Okay. All right, so. But in the last 10 years, he's in the last 20 years, he's top 10. Top 10. Now, real quick before we move on to this weekend's game. Uh, Javon and I kind of came up with a, a loose list of our top 10 of the last 20 years. All right. Okay. This is the last 20 years. And I want you to get, I want you to give your, give us your thoughts right now. Number 10, we had Connor Barwin. Number nine, we had Lito. Number eight, we had Asante. Number seven, we had Shelton. Six, Malcolm Jenkins. Five, Trent Cole. Four, Brandon Graham. Three, Fletcher Cox. Two, Trot. One, Dawkins. Looking at the list now, just off pure speculation and thinking about it, I'd probably flip Fletcher and Trot. And that's exactly what I was about to say to you. Listening to that list, Mm -hmm. the only real real issue I have is I might have Fletcher Cox at number two. But Dalk number one, okay, Dalk number one, Fletcher Cox number two, Trot three, Brandon Graham four, Trent Cole five. Sounds good to me. That, off the top of my head, quick thinking, I like that list very okay. much. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, let's move forward then. Let's move forward to this weekend. Want to get your thoughts on Eagles and Minnesota. going Traveling to Minnesota, Minnesota – we talked. We kind of talked about Minnesota on offense, defense, and discourse. You said you called them a fraud team because of their quarterback. Because of their quarterback. Because, because of their I, quarterback. I believe what I actually said was they're because of their quarterback, a team that's fraud. But if they had a real quarterback, they'd be a, a true Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. They're they're a team that should be a Super Bowl, but for their quarterback. A Super Bowl contender, excuse me, but for their quarterback. So given that you believe that it's the quarterback, the quarterback himself, not necessarily the offense, not necessarily the weapons that they have around the quarterback, you believe it's the quarterback. They have a lot of quality quality weapons around the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Dealing and Diggs, Dalvin Cook, you have quality skill position players out there in Minnesota. So, given that the quarterback can't complain, quarterback can't complain. So, you saw what the Eagles' defense was able to do against the Jets, and we all know, and it's it's not a huge secret. You don't the Jets ain't the, the Eagles. The Jets ain't the, the Vikings. Eagles had a record-setting performance against the Jets. I understand. The yeah. defense I understand. Had a record-setting performance against the Jets. I understand that they're not going to. They can't completely duplicate what they did against the Jets against the Vikings, but how much of what we saw against the Jets getting to the quarterback, putting the quarterback on his behind, you know, keeping him uncomfortable the whole game. How much of that do you think will transfer into this week against the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I expect a similar attacking defensive game plan because as as we've talked about before, Kirk Cousins is the guy who, if you give him time, will pick you apart. But when under pressure, he's been known to to say it kindly, not be at his best when he's under under pressure. So I I would expect Jim Johnson 
That's because that's, that's we've been talking about defense all the time. We've been talking about defense, talking, talking about, about Brandon Graham. I would, and, yeah. I, I would expect Jim Schwartz mm-hmm. to, to be thinking the the ideal plan is to have to bring pressure on Kirk Cousins to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. He's not, I wouldn't call him a statue. But he's not a guy who's the most mobile in the pocket in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. So I would expect the game plan to be to bring pressure, make Cousins uncomfortable, and force him to make some off-balance throws where he's been known to make mistakes in the past. Now, also, the Eagles have had a lot of success against the run this season. However, they're going up against Dalvin Cook this year, uh, this this week. Do you do you think Dalvin Cook will be able to to buck the trend of running backs struggling against this Eagle defense? Well, that depends on how you define struggling. If you tell me Dalvin Cook gets possibly one touchdown and seventy yards on twenty carries, I'd be like, okay, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Based on his previous performances this season, that's below average. But based on what other running back, other number one running backs have done against the Eagles, that's slightly above average. So, I expect the Eagles' defense to slow down Dalvin Cook, but not stop him. Understood. Understood. Also, Eagles, they were able to kind of shake the whole bad start stigma on uh, last week. Got two touchdowns. Of course, one was a, a defensive touchdown, but they got they put up points in the first quarter of last Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll be able to improve on that and have a better start against Minnesota? Or do you think, could you see a situation where another slow start, another struggling start, and kind of continuing with the trend of this season that kind of carried over from last season. Now, let's re- they are actually going against a very good defense in Minnesota this week. So, if the Eagles offense were to come out and score three to seven points, well, I won't say three, three to ten points in the first quarter, but move the ball, have some good plays, some sustained drives, I would say that's solid, not necessarily calling that struggling against the good men of the total defense. Mm-hmm. They do have a good D-line that gets after the quarterback, and they have a solid secondary that is able to do a good, decent job in coverage. So if you can score, you know, a, a couple sustained drives and, a, and make a field goal, maybe one of them stops short. But... I wouldn't necessarily call it struggling, or if you even end up getting in the end zone once, and one drive ends up stalling out, and and, and you end up with ten, three to ten points in the first quarter. I wouldn't call that struggling. It's like seven point swing. You may or may not get the touchdown, but it's more about the, the offense flowing solidly against a good defense. I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd, I'm not looking for the Eagles to come out and score 21 first quarter points this game. That's not the type of game I expect this to be. 
All right, earlier in the show, Javon said he predicted a 27-24 victory for the Eagles. So, Mike Jones, the ball is now in your court. Give me your prediction for Sunday's game. 27-24 is actually a little closer than I expected this game. Okay. I expect the game to get off to a kind of tortoise-like, slow and steady start. The defense is throwing each, killing each other out. And maybe fourteen to ten halftime, somewhere in that range. Okay. And then the final score being somewhere more thirty-one seventeen Philadelphia. Thirty-one seventeen. Let me get. Let me write that down. Thirty-one seventeen for my man Mike Jones. I am going to go. Said thirty. I, I think thirty-one as well. In fact, you know what. I would have said thirty-one seventeen, but since we can't, since we can't agree on anything, we're not allowed to. It's okay. It's okay for you to say I'm right. It's okay. I would if it would ever happen, but it doesn't happen that often, in in my mind. This is what <laughs> this is where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty. I'm gonna go right. thirty-one twenty, Eels. Now, now, real quick before I let you go on. Offense, defense, and discourse this week, our other podcast, you talked about the Minnesota fans and you thought that they were probably the most, you know, how, how would you, yeah, how would you describe it? How would you describe the, the Vikings fans? Like, mentally fragile, soft, emotional. And why? Why do you say that? Why? Do, why do you? Why would you call them that? Why would you say Minnesota because, fans are soft? I mean, I think I know the answer, but I, w- I want to hear you say it this week. Like, like seriously, ever since that playoff game a couple years ago, when those Vikings fans thought they were going to come come into Philadelphia and make noise, and then left town with their tails between their legs, they wanted to complain about how they treat got treated in Philadelphia and how bad the Eagles fans are. But they poked the bear and ended up being lunch. That's on them. If I go poke the bear mm-hmm. and I end up as lunch, I can't blame the bear for being a bear. All I know like, is, all, like all I know is fans is heading to Minnesota. To a, a, like, I don't know if you saw this online like, within the last week. There was a video of a lady in the Brooklyn Zoo Pop inside the lion's cage. Yeah, dancing in front of the lion. Y'all saw that. Yeah. She can't blame the lion if the lion eats her. That is can true. Can she? No. I feel like Vikings fans are that lady and they're blaming the lion because the lion made her lunch. Vikings fans that, can't. I, I don't know what That's they how thought. I feel about Vikings fans right now. They're the lady who jumps in the lion at the lion's area at the zoo. And then they're mad because the lion tried to eat her. I had always said that I thought that the Vikings fans coming to Philly and doing a whole, you know, going to the art museum, doing having a little rally at the art museum. To me, I just thought it just wasn't smart. We talk about it all the time about how Eagles fans travel and Eagles fans traveling to other cities to support the team, especially when it's traveling to cities where you know that there's going where, where football culture isn't like the way it is here. Like, if you're an Eagles fan, you know that when the Eagles play 
the Redskins down in D.C., there's going to be a ton of tickets available. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably not going to sell out that built that building. Probably the same in Cincinnati. You know, probably the same in Atlanta. Probably the same in Miami. You're not going to find a whole bunch of empty seats in Baltimore. You're not going to find a whole bunch of empty seats in New York for the, at least for the Giants. Maybe for the Jets, but not for the Giants. Of course, not in Boston. Of course, not in Pittsburgh. Of course, not in, and not even in Cleveland. As bad as the Cleveland Browns have been over the years, they'll still sell out that arena and the dog pound will still be lit. But the the problem is, you know, when you go when you go to those cities, when you go to those cities that have a rabid fan base and an active fan base, you know what you know what you're going to get. Eagles fans travel, but when was the last time you heard Eagles fans traveling to a city can you know complaining about how that reception was? And, and and I said this to you and Javon the other day when we were talking on ODD, and I said and I think it's a point worth repeating. With Eagles fans, if we tra- if Eagles fans were to travel, if we were to travel, and we talked all sorts of junk, and we asked for that smoke, and our team didn't win. We're mad. We're not mad at the opposing fans. Like we don't feel we not, we might not like the opposing fans. Mm-hmm. We might say, "Oh, whatever, forget them and all that." But our anger is directed at our team for not showing up. Mm-hmm. Understood. Like we, we didn't like the, having to hear the other the other team's fans talk trash to us, but. We didn't like it because our team didn't show up. And well, we recognize that it's because our team didn't show up. We travel, you know, we travel well. We travel all the time. But in those travels, we don't always come back with the victory. There's time, There have been times when this team has traveled. Most notably, when we went down to Atlanta. A lot of Eagles fans went down to Atlanta. We went down to Atlanta and came back with an L. Came back with an L. What did you hear the most? What were people angry about the most? They were mad at Nelson Aguilar for dropping what could have been, what should have been the go-ahead touchdown. You didn't hear people complaining about Falcons fans. And there were plenty of Falcons fans taught, you know, you know, with their chest poked out. Heads held high because they beat us. Because they beat our team. But nonetheless, you didn't hear us complaining about Falcons fans. You went, we went, there, there were Eagles fans who traveled to Green Bay. I didn't hear a whole bunch of Green Bay Packers fans complaining about Eagles fans. They were there. They cheered on their team. I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure I saw a video from Lambeau Field of a fight. And, and, and that goes that goes to my point though. When Eagles fans travel, Eagles fans are of, of course notoriously rowdy and passionate about yeah. their team. But when they lose, they don't riot and destroy the city or take it out on that city like we mm-hmm. hate Green Bay or we hate Tampa Bay. The focus is on the performance of our team. Mm-hmm. If you look back in Eagles lore and Eagles memory. Like, if you say the name Rondé Barber, people get upset. But most of the vitriol is pointed at 
Donovan Donovan McNabb for throwing that interception, Mm -hmm. not for Ronde, not at Ronde Barber for making the play. I think I mean, and and, and honestly, like you don't hear, I I I very rarely hear Eagles fans complaining about other fan bases when they go to town, but honestly, to me, I I listen to. Vikings fans complaining about that weekend in Philadelphia. And I honestly want to look at them and say, well, what did you expect? How did you think this was going to play out? Where did you think this was going to go? You came here. You wanted to, it's like, you you could say whatever you want about Philadelphia's love for Rocky. I understand he's a fictional character, whatever you came, but yet you, you know, you know that there are Philadelphia fans who honestly who will put Rocky like in their Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia athletes. They'll say Reggie, they'll say Mike Schmidt, they'll say Wilt, and then they'll say Rocky. You know, there are people there are people here who honestly might put Rocky ahead of Joe Frazier as far as Philly boxers. Who might say on their Philly boxers, Mount Rushmore, there's B Hop, there's Frazier, there's Danny Garcia, and there's Rocky. But you just you're absolutely right, and I know, and I know we're about out of time. Yeah. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that these Minnesota fans can't be mad at Philly fans for responding when they came to town and poked the bear. They started it. We ended it. We ended it with a 38-7 to victory. We ended it winning the Super Bowl in their building. They ain't been right since. They try to act like they got a little bit of revenge when they beat the Eagles last season, but they're still fugazi. They're still fraud fans. They're still a bunch of suckies. And this week, we're going to go up there. The Eagles are going to go to Minnesota, and they're going to get another W, and everything will be good as we enter Cowboys week. Mike Jones, thank you for calling in, brother. Uh, No problem. All right, that is my bad, Mike Jones. Remember, you can catch us each and every week talking sports, not just Philly sports, but sports across the world, sports across the nation, sports across your desk, whatever. Offense, defense, and discourse, you can download it. Same place you downloaded this podcast. All right, look, we're going to get out of here. This has been the Green Over Everything podcast. My name is Brown. Thank you. Go Eagles, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.